Some separations are characterized by nastiness, strong emotions, and even violence. As I explained in episode 88, couples don't have to physically move out of their homes to separate. Couples can live in the same house, condo, or apartment for a long time. When there is a lot of conflict, both spouses or parents staying in the home can be very difficult, especially when there are children around. However, as many people have heard, there can also be some serious legal repercussions from moving out of the home after separation. So in this episode of the Ontario Family Law Podcast, I will go over what the law says are the implications of leaving the home after separation and what you need to consider to protect yourself and your children. I'm John Schumann, a certified specialist in family law in Ontario with extensive experience assisting clients with higher complex incomes and difficult parenting situations after separation. I'm also a mediator, arbitrator, and collaborative lawyer. I have a best-selling book, The Guide to the Basics of Ontario Family Law, which many people find very helpful when navigating separation or divorce. It is available on the iBookstore, Amazon, and in fine bookstores. Ah. Let's start with a difficult topic about what you should do if your home is full of conflict and you have kids. Can you just leave and take the kids, or do you have to leave them behind? What happens if you do? Separated parents continuing to live in the same home presents all kinds of challenges and difficulties. Hmm. The research shows that the parents' divorces do not harm kids, but being exposed to fights between their parents definitely does. This is such a concern that, as I explained in episode 79, the law imposes a duty on parents to protect their children from conflict after separation. Oh. That may make it seem that the law requires one parent to move out after separation so the kids will not see the fighting. But the law is much more complicated than that. Section 20 sub 4 of the Children's Law Reform Act says that where the children live with one parent with the implied consent or acquiescence of the other, the entitlement to make parenting time decisions is suspended for that other parent. What that means is that when one parent moves out of the home and leaves the children behind to continue living in their home, the parent who moves out can no longer make parenting decisions for the children. That can be a big give, especially for a parent who is actively involved in the children's lives. Section 20 sub 4 specifically says that moving out does not legally impact a parent's entitlement to parenting time. But the reality is that the kids are in the home with the one parent, and in high conflict separations, the very ones where moving out protects the kids from conflict, the parents in the house frequently act like gatekeepers and control when, and in bad cases, if the children get to see the parent who moved out. In nasty situations where one parent moves out to avoid unbearable conflict and then the parent in the house excludes them from the children's lives, the court can intervene to fix things. But not only is court very expensive, but delay to get a court date can be several months, resulting in serious interruptions to the parent-child relationship. Hmm. And perhaps even making the judge believe that there needs to be a slow reintegration of the parent who left back into the children's lives. On the other hand, moving out and taking the kids out of their home with you will immediately create bigger problems. Judges do not like parents who engage in self-help solutions to get an advantage when it comes to the kids. Except in cases of a pretty extreme physical or sexual violence directed towards the kids, moving out with the kids looks like kidnapping, or at very least a tactical move to deprive the children of a relationship with the other parent. Oh. As I explained in episode 75, taking deliberate action to keep the kids away from the other parent can have very serious legal consequences, including possibly losing any right to have contact with the kids. 
Judges view anything that looks like a kidnapping as urgent and may intervene very quickly, while they might not intervene for a parent who voluntarily left the children's home. Oops. To avoid those problems, the best thing is always to have an agreed upon written parenting plan before moving out of the children's home. Ah. That parenting plan should set out when the children will be with each parent and who will be making parenting decisions, even if those arrangements are only on a temporary basis until things settle down and there is more time to work things out. Those plans make sure the parents who leave the home stay in the lives of the children. There are lots of parenting professionals and parenting mediators who can help parents with those plans after separation. Oh. Family lawyers can also create those parenting plans or help parents come up with other alternatives to make sure they do not fall out of their children's lives after separation. If things are getting nasty in the house, it is a very good idea to speak to a good family lawyer before you make any decisions or take any steps. You can reach my office by calling 416-446-5847. I've also explained those issues in more detail in my book, which is available at the link in the description. Of course, there's a lot more useful information on all family law issues in other episodes. So hit the like button, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so that you will see them. It also helps us make more content like this. If there are no kids or the parenting arrangements are worked out, there are other legal considerations before moving out of the home. With spouses who are married, neither one can kick the other out of the house or do anything that would result in the other spouse being kicked out of the house. Under Section 19 of Ontario's Family Law Act, married spouses have matrimonial homes. Commonwealth spouses do not, and that's an important difference between being married and being common law. Oh. Both married spouses are equally entitled to live in the matrimonial home or homes after separation. It does not matter who is on title or who paid for the property. Mm. Only a family court or criminal court order can force one married spouse out of a matrimonial home. Okay. So when a married spouse can't afford to get alternative accommodations, there is no legal reason for that spouse to automatically move out and doing so may be practically impossible. And if that spouse is paying for the matrimonial home, that spouse can stay in it rather than paying the cost of carrying two homes. There may be other reasons why it is much more convenient for a spouse to stay where he or she is for work, activities, school, or the children's activities or school. Again, it may be better to get financial and other issues sorted out before leaving the matrimonial home. That can ensure everyone has the money and other resources they need to live and nobody ends up struggling for some place to live. Mm. Things are a lot different for unmarried and common-law couples. Oh. When unmarried partners split up, the one who owns the home can insist the other one leave it. Obviously, it can be hard to get rid of your ex if you both own the home. The law presumes that the home will be sold on the open market unless the separated spouses can agree for one to buy the other out. Ah. But there are no special considerations for people living together in an intimate relationship instead of living in a platonic relationship when they are not married. Wow. That can make things really difficult when there are children in the relationship. If the partner who owns the home is kicking everyone out or kicking out a partner to get them away from the kids, it is time to see a lawyer about an urgent court application. But as I noted in episode 60, family court is not for everyone. So unmarried couples, especially ones with kids, may want to seriously consider a cohabitation agreement to prevent the difficulties that can arise due to unmarried partners not having any rights to a home they do not own. 
There is one caveat to that, where the partner who is not on title has made substantial contributions to the property, it may be possible for that partner to claim to be a joint owner even though he or she is not on title. Oh. Those cases are complicated, so it is necessary to discuss the situation with a good family law lawyer. Another consideration for common law couples who have lived together for three years or who have children is that if one partner gets thrown out and needs money for accommodation, that is a situation where there can be a good claim for spousal support to meet that need. In fact, a spouse who is unceremoniously tossed on the street may have a spousal support claim that he or she would not have had if the breakup had not caused sudden financial distress. The cost of long-term spousal support obligations is one that spouses and partners may want to think about before tossing an ex out the door. Hmm. Of course, there can also be issues around the stuff in the house. Yep, yep. We made a separate video about that topic because stuff can be a big irritant or cause big fights. So check out that video if the stuff in the house is a concern. And please like and subscribe to keep getting more important family law information. Ah. Separations are a bad time to make critical life decisions. People can make emotional decisions that make no sense in law or fact. Hmm. They can have long-term negative implications. They can hurt the kids. It is much better to make big decisions when everything is calmed down. So while throwing someone out of the house or walking out and leaving the family behind may seem like a good idea, it can have lots of serious repercussions. Ooh. Before you make any big decisions after separation, read my book or call 416-446-5847 to make an appointment to speak with me or one of my colleagues. We are experts in all the topics I have covered in this episode and all other family law issues. If you're finding family law or children's law confusing or difficult, or you just need to understand it better, or if you need to know the best parenting options after separation, or if you need to understand how finances work during a marriage or common law relationship and after separation or divorce, get a copy of my book, Guide to the Basics of Ontario Family Law. You can access it immediately on the iBookstore, on Amazon for the Kindle version, or you can download for Kobo. Amazon can deliver the paperback version directly to your doorstep. You can also get a lot more Ontario Family Law information on www.shumanlaw.ca. Not only are there hundreds of pages of Family Law information and links, but there are links to get my book and links to reach my office to meet with me or one of my colleagues. You can also set up an appointment to speak with us by calling 416-446-5847. It is always best to get a lawyer who can give you expert advice that's specific to your situation. In addition to my website, keep up to date on family and children's law issues by liking my Facebook page, following me on Twitter or X and Mastodon at @humanfamily, and finding me on LinkedIn. I'm also on threads. Of course, please subscribe to my YouTube channel and hit the notification bell to keep up to date. You can get the audio versions of the Ontario Family Law Podcast on all major podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many more. Or you can get all the episodes at www.shumanlaw.ca. Just look for podcasts in the drop-down menu. Thanks for participating in this podcast. We will get together again soon.